When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, my name is Alex and this is Lunchbox Radio. I know this is coming out a little late. Part of that is because I've been really busy this weekend. I went to go see the Gorillas um, at the time of taping this on the 12th. Today is the 13th. Um, but I went to go see the Gorillas in concert at the Barclays Center. Um, long story short, it was phenomenal. I sound like this not because I've got the vid. Believe me, I've taken the test. It said, nope, mm -mm, not not a thing you have, which is great. So I just have like a normal bullshit cold that gives me a sore throat. So if you hear me pause, it's because I'm drinking something to like ease the strain. Also, while I was unknowingly ill, I went and screamed a whole bunch at a concert for one of my favorite bands of all time. So, you know... not a great choice, but also not a bad choice. I'm wearing the concert t-shirt right now. I'm very happy that the thing I did. Um, but on that note, if this is your first time listening to the podcast and you end up liking it, I encourage you to go listen to other episodes of the podcast. And if you want to follow the podcast on Instagram, um, you can definitely go do that. It, it we The podcast is... At Lunchbox Radio underscore podcast. Um, just type that into the search bar and you will find my little old program. Um, and I post, I post like anime goings ons, and usually I post about episodes. But this episode is going to be a little bit different because I am sick and I want to make something shorter. Want to be nice to myself. I want to not make an epic on um like a, like a thing on boogie pop phantom which is why i was planning on doing that's what you'll be getting next since, since technically we are in spooky season but what i do want to cover is what i'm watching this what i'm watching this season because there's a ton out there is a ton out there is Spy Family, there is Chainsaw Man, Bleach is back, motherfucker. Um, there, it, there's just there's so much out. There's a new Gundam show that rules. Um, so let's let's dive right into it with that Gundam show. So, if you are unaware of like what what Gundam does, it has kind of two universes. Maybe three, if you really want to get technical. It, but it has, let's say, three universes, because this is going to be a little technical. And those three universes are... <clears throat> um, the UC, which is the Universal Century Timeline. That is, like, prestige, very standard Gundam. That is Char, that is... um. 
that is that that is what I think um, the Gundam has. That is what the Gundam Hathaway movie like is situated. That is what Gundam Unicorn is situ- situated, and that's what the original Gundam show kicked off. Um, that's that's Char versus Amuro Ray. The the like long storied all of it. Whenever you hear like Zeon or Char, usually you're in the UC Gundam. The the um not Ultimate Century, my sick brain just said Ultimate Century, Universal Century. Um and then there's non UC Gundam where anything fucking goes. And like this is stuff like Gundam SD. It is most famously the home... The, that is most famously the genre that G Gundam falls under. But then, especially lately, you have... People who... You have Gundam shows that clearly want to use the like artifice of use of the Universal Century as a backdrop to set up a... To set up a world in which they can have this story take part. Like um, Mario Kata did in, very famously, in um, Iron-Blooded Orphans. And Iron-Blooded Orphans is believed to be in the UC, is on the UC timeline. It's just supposed to be so far ahead that like all the shit that happened is just like shit that happened in textbooks and it doesn't super matter anymore. But the, but it sets up the universe in which all of the entirety of Tekken is capable of existing, and so with that kind of like super far removed show, you get the benefit of the UC universe and all that back and that backdrop and that lore, but you also get the benefit of enough time passing where that can just be backdrop and lore and like you can drop it in where where need be but you can also kind of play it fast and loose and not have to worry about well like where char i don't know it's been 400 fucking years he's dead <laughs> which is which is like a great solution to the problem of like okay so we want to tell like a more Universal century style of Gundam story, but we don't want to be tied to the Universal Century characters. Since if you've ever seen um, Gundam Unicorn, hilariously dubbed Gundam UC because it's a anniversary project. Which if you've ever seen that show, that's why that show looks so pretty. Um, it. It has to contend with, like, Char, the like, Zeon's Red Comet, the new types, and all the, like, junk that's been built up over time in the UC, in the Universal Century timeline, to, like, even function. And, like, that's fun. That's a fun time. But it's not something every show wants to do. And that's where we get to Mobile Suit Gundam, The Witch from Mercury. And they seem, they seem, it seemed pretty clear to me that this show, and this is the, this is the first show that I'm going to say I'm watching this season. I'm 900% on 
watching this show this season. Because it's really fucking good. And lots of people are complaining about it. Or I've seen that people are complaining about it. Like setting up a potential queer relationship with the main character and uh and like the main supporting character and setting up like all this stuff that just doesn't need to be there and like applying liberal aesthetics to Gundam. But the thing that people like super conservative people who love Gundam don't fucking get is that whole show is basically screaming at you, war is bad and you should be ashamed and the fact that we have to make big robots fight in space to get across the point of war is fucking bad should make you all feel bad about yourselves. <laughs> that show is a surprisingly liberal show that even in its ba- like the Gundam universe is surprisingly liberal and even in the existence of its bad guys, its bad guys are like freedom fighters. Like, if you stop and think about it, you know, Amuro Ray is not super the good guy in the original Gundam. Like, he is supporting oppression of outer colonies. And as, as much of, like, people in, in outer Earth orbit colonies. And if you, even if you, like, want to say that, hey you guys should be doing this a different way, then it, it that show ultimately boils into, like, macho machismo versus macho machismo to fuck the world over. And it's not great. It's, like, not great. And it's, it's pretty clear that it's not great. And in later Gundam shows, especially things like Iron Blood Orphan, they make a point of being like all this, like, like, fuck it, fuck your like cheap liberal ideals. You want to help us, like help us. And this show, what, what, so what? Which from Mercury ends up doing is ends up setting up this scenario in which Gundams have been outlawed. Uh, like, the, the Gundam frame and the Gundam, like, type of mobile suit have been essentially outlawed because they've been deemed to be too dangerous. And the, in the prologue episodes, so there's three episodes out now. There's episode zero, a prologue. Um, there's a first and a second episode. The prologue episode shows what happened when, um, I forget the name, the main character name but um what happened when the main character of the series proper when she was a child and you meet her mother and it's important that you watch the prologue episode because her mother becomes a pretty important character later on and they show you and as as somebody who specializes in representations of disability in anime the scene where her mother's prosthetic arm <laughs> basically conks out because it's out of battery and she removed she uses her other real arm to like take it out pop out a battery pop out and pop in a new battery it's so fucking good it's so good it is so like oh guys let me stop and restrap my arsonic because it got loose over like the ha- last half hour of walking 
it's so goddamn good. It like it that scene is a kind of attention to detail that you don't get in many anime. Um, the last I remember seeing it was and was in um, Violet Evergarden when she does all the fine adjustments to her um, to her prosthetic arms so she can type on the um, on a typewriter, and that that's also like a great caring. Like, deeply attention-to-detail animated cool-ass scene. Um, so that that won me over in the prologue. I'm like, this, is, this might be my show. Goddamn, this might be my show. Let's go. Um, and then we get to, like, the first episode. And it's... They're setting it up to be a... A, like, high school drama involving giant robots... And like a militarized world and school. It's it's just it's a really it's a pretty good setting for the show to take place. And then on top of that, they dump this Yuri relationship between the main character and the supporting and the main supporting character that has the right amount of Utena in it <laughs> in a way that's incredible. And I saw I saw this article from Forbes that said like it, it it's just good. It's like it it's not good because it's decided to straight up have a queer relationship like a at the very least a like suggestion of a queer relationship or a Yuri relationship in it. It's good because it's good. It's good because it's well written. It's good because it's good. And if High Guardian Spice taught us anything, and I know this is going to be weird, it's that you can't just load a show with every liberal agenda thing you can possibly think of and throw it into and throw it into the streaming landscape and know that it will do well. You have to make a good show first. Yuri Kumarashi is not necessarily good because it is a show about lesbian bears. It is good because it's a fun ass time. And you remember it. I It's pretty often that it's it Pretty, it would be pretty easy for a really prestigious project where they spent a lot, where they clearly spent a lot of money on it, to like forget to be good, to more just be eye candy. And the fact that this doesn't forget to be good is honestly 10 out of 10 would watch again and will watch again. So now we're going to talk about a little show called Chainsaw Man. And Chainsaw Man is, I read some of that manga. I did not read all of that manga. I didn't really feel like I needed to read all of that manga. And I know there's going to be people who want to come for me for that because everybody loves it. But I, 
I have this odd feeling about Chainsaw Man. And I could be I could be wrong. I'm like liable to be wrong. Um it's a, it's a feeling that somebody I know expressed kind of about um it, it's similar to a feeling that somebody I know expressed about the Big Lebowski, which is another really love which is a really loved like kind of mumble Corey movie from I think the seven not the seventies, maybe the seventies. Um but anyway. That the per the person who said was like I really didn't like it. I thought it was a waste of Jeff Bridges because he's a great actor and it does and the movie doesn't really use him well. And in terms of Chainsaw Man, I think that that first episode really does a solid job of setting it up, but I think. I think the core of Chainsaw Man is so strong and the but the edges are so weak that I think Chainsaw Man I think Chainsaw Man itself has a hard time dealing with the edges of itself of dealing with like what is outside of the main characters like uh, which is why I loved the first chapter of the second part so much, actually, because it it got into this, it got into what's happening outside of Denji and this like very insular space he he is constantly in, in a way that isn't really represented in the first part of Chainsaw Man. The first part of Chainsaw Man, like you only see the character's perspective. You don't. There's not a greater world. Um, in a similar way, actually, hilariously, that this doesn't, like, you don't see much of a world in something like, um, Gombari Doke-chan, which seems like a weird comparison, but hear me out. You don't see much of it, you don't see much of outside of Gombari Doke-chan, because they're not giving you a whole lot of time to, like, to, like, hang out with this to 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 hang, to hang out in these spaces they they only give you the spaces as like places for vi- for the vignette that they want to have happen of like a rom-com type deal to happen but in in the manga for chainsaw man by the way spoilers alert for spoiler alert for anything i'm talking about on this podcast they it's a it's a shonen act it's a shonen action manga clearly, but the shonen action manga that I think of a type that I don't think we've seen before, because the thing about the old shonen, which we'll get to Bleach in a second, the thing about the old shonen action action greats the the big three is you, is you and I've talked about this before with Naruto and respect to Boruto you can go listen to that on the feed. Um, I've also talked about a bunch of Gundam before, so I encourage you to go find those episodes and listen to them. Um, but the the those shows had to run for so long, for like hundreds of episodes. For One Piece, it's thousands of episodes that they they were forced to do a thing that show 
that shows like Gambore Doke Chan don't need to give a shit about. They were forced to develop their worlds entirely and completely and world build to such a minute extent that it feels insane. Like if you look at the world building that's been done just to support the weight of this of like the now over a thousand episodes of One Piece there are. It's kinda glorious and crazy. And at least right now, and I know we're witnessing like we're witnessing the starts of a lot of shonen and and a lot of the problems since the big three have either teetered off or changed in the case of Naruto into Boruto is we don't we're encountering like the first wave of new shonen, so to speak. The oldest one of those is My Hero Academia. And My Hero Academia has a lot of world building to it. Like you know names of town of towns outside of the main town, outside of the main area in My Hero Academia. They've spent an entire most of a season just on the villains. They did a like a um, OVA that was just about the villain twice and like why, why he became a villain and how unbalanced that society is. The problem with something like um, Chainsaw Man is it's so vague. It, it's, it is, it's conceit is so specific yet vague at the same time that and I get why it's popular because that kind of like vagueness invites people to kind of stare at it and like ask the questions and constantly ask the questions. But at the same time, it's it, it's it's difficult for a viewership that is not just willing to accept cool fight as like a reason to watch a thing. And yes, the fights are cool, and yes. The animation is beautiful, but it's it's so vague. It's so it's so the the greater world of Chainsaw Man feels so out of focus that I hope that the anime take is going to take time to give more focus to kind of world build in ways that the manga just isn't interested in it. It just isn't interested in it. It's interested in its main characters. It's interested in telling like psych a like psychological story about the main character and about like depth like devils and all this other shit. It's not really interested in like world building until it needs a new villain and then it did just enough world building for you to get that and it what it did was it did um it did actually what um something similar to what um attack on titan does in the beginning of the final season of attack on titan in that it drops you in media res on an absolutely unrelated character but the thing that Attack on Titan does that Chainsaw Man doesn't do is Attack on Titan 
makes sure to bind those characters to the world immediately. It like it had it has built up all these strong like allegories to the Holocaust and allegories to oppression of like Jewish people around the world and all this of, of peoples around of different of different races of peoples around the world even that it is working is working in a way that people know and then it's showing you like these kids who are clearly fucked in the head who are clearly like being emotionally manipulated by their oppressors to believe that they're one of the good ones and it knows the audience knows what it's looking at and 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 it knows that the audience has like the history of the real world to make the connective cartilage there. And then later on it shows you that connective cartilage. It shows you the ghetto. It shows you all of this stuff. Chainsaw Man is jumping around. Chainsaw Man is telling you what it what what it decided you need to know, but not giving you much fluff. And another show that does this that does this but does it from a comedy angle, which which makes it work better, is um, Hina Mastery. And Hina Mastery, like, they give you exactly only what you need to know. They don't give you anything else. But that's also not the point of the show. Like, there's no greater world that you need to know about because it's like, it's a show, it's like a lovingly, it's like a loving, you know, comedy. It's not this heavy thing is not trying to be methodical. And I... I just think that for Chainsaw Man to be all that it can be, it's going to need a lot more building blocks. And I... I, I understand why it got a anime now. Um, because there's enough to adapt into an anime, and it is incredibly popular, mostly because it's doing things in the Shonen Jump format that just no nobody's ever been able to pull off quite as well before now. Like, nobody's ever been able to pull off the sex, violence, and rock and roll thing in a way where Shonen Jump's like, wait, sex? You, violence and rock and roll are coolest, but sex? What are you talking about, Buster? Um, And I, and I think that that, like, Sex, violence, and rock and roll, like punk rock atmosphere that it's got going for itself, in a similar way that to Jujutsu Kaisen has going for itself, is how should I put this? Is what pushes it over the top for some for a lot of people because so much of Shonen Jump is the Shonen Jump formula, but for this or that or this other thing. Or the Shonen Jump formula, but slightly inverted for this reason and all these other things. Or the Shonen Jump formula, but self-referential and blah, 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 in a mystical setting, a la something like that, um, like that yokai one that, like, I think abruptly ended. And I, I just, I, I want more world building in that show than I, than I know from the manga, the parts of the manga I've read. That that it will give me, so it it's gonna take some time with that one, and then we arrive at the one with all the world building, 
with all of the time in the world and budget to kick your ass and all of the nostalgia bait to just like remind you like oh fuck it's been a minute since I've watched some bleach bleach rules so bleach kind of died off in the early in like the early to mid aughts it it had kind of run its course it could have kept running but it had run its course because it at least in anime form, because it 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 was dying in popularity, and this is the thing that happens with lots of really like loving anime adaptations. Interestingly enough, the kind of anime adaptation of Naruto and the manga of Naruto kind of coincided in their endings in a way that was not true of. Um, that is not true of most anime adaptations. Most anime adaptations, they run until they're not popular anymore and then they fall off. Bleach kept running. Bleach kept running and had a final arc and had a final, like, last hurrah that was more Bleach. And then eventually you have that last chapter where, which people are rapidly discovering, which I love, um, where, like, you catch up with all the characters, like, when they're in their, when they're not teenagers, when they're, like, in their 30s, and they've had kids, and, like, you meet, um, Orihime and, um, spoiler Orihime and Ichigo's kid, you meet, um, Renji's kid, like, all, you meet, you, you meet the kids, and that's, like, a nice cap to the story. But everybody forgets that Bleach rips. Like, Bleach... At its peak is so much fun. And like when you haven't had that kind of fun weekly for a while, it kicks ass, man. It owns. And when you haven't been running weekly for years and you are now a like legacy property and you're a nostalgia bait property. And there's a built-in fandom, so you get all the budget. You get movie-quality budget for your episodes. You get to kick ass at... You get to turn that amp up to 11. And that's absolutely what the first episode of um, Bleach does. It is, like, kick-ass and awesome. And it... Like, the second you hear number one kick in, you're like, oh, we back. We here. This is great. And it's just it's it's a really fun it it's just fun. It's just a fun time. It's just a fun turn off your brain and spend some time with Ichigo chopping up some some evil guys. And like yeah, there's story to it, but it's just fun. And, but also the thing I mentioned with that really there just hasn't been time for Chainsaw Man to have this. That I mentioned with Chainsaw Man not having any like background world building. The world building has happened with Bleach for so long that like they they throw in some they throw in new characters in this in this arc. 
They threw in throwing new characters on both sides. It's new bad guys and new and a couple new and a couple new good guy characters. But all the other characters are the ones you know and love. They're the ones you understand. They're the ones that you spent time with and that you know the names and like interpersonal relationships of. So like you get to see Hitsugai, you get to see Renji, you get to see like the old man head of the soul of the soul reapers like you get to see ichigo chad um sato is his name in the japanese track you get to see orahime uryu um you get to see urahara all of that stuff is there for you like you the world building the world built it's a in the same way that in the same way that Naruto created a ready-made world for Boruto to slot into and to expand on and modernize in ways that are actually pretty interesting. Um, Bleach has now has a ready-made world that it can tell more story, that it can tell its last arc in. You have seen all the thing. You've seen all the arcs of Bleach th- leading up to this. This is just the last arc. So you've spent all this time, if you've seen the original Bleach, you've spent all this time with all of these characters. I kind of like to see old friends again. It's kind of like, oh, hey, the the whole gang's back together. This is going to be fun. Um, I'm also watching some other stuff. I'm watching um, Spy X Family. I'm behind on that. Um... But, yeah, so that is what I'm watching this season, mainly. Um, or pl- or planning on watching this season. I'll probably add stuff and all that stuff, but as I usually do. But on that note, this is what I'm going to end it. Like I said, this is going to be shorter because I'm, I'm ill and I'm already doing this late. So, um, if you like this episode, be sure to subscribe in whatever podcast app you choose to use. And, um, check us out on Instagram. Once again, that handle is at lunchboxradio underscore podcast. And share it with your friends. Um, review us on whatever app that you listen to the podcast on. And until next time, I have been Alex. This has been Lunchbox Radio. I will talk to you, I think on Sunday. I think next episode is a Sunday episode. So I talk to you on Sunday.